the Lord. Before we get started this morning, you know, we will let Miss Susan lead us in prayer, and then we will go into, you know, praise time, and then the word, Miss Susan. Yes, sir. Kind Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for this day, a day we haven't seen before. Our soul delighted in you. We love you. We love to eulogize you because you are so kind and loving to us, our seed, family members, and friends. You are better than good. There is no one in the earth like you. And we praise you, oh, dear Father. We praise you and we love you. Forgive us for all our sins and things that we said that were not pleasant to anyone. Continue to bless this ministry and overseer of this ministry. Meet all his needs. Give him favor with everyone that he needs favor with. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 You know, the thing is, uh, it is always good to be, you know, among the the ones, the saints that are praising God because there's one thing that the enemy really, really hates is when people give testimony about, like, what God has done. Because Hallelujah. it is not, even when they preach the word, the, the enemy can say, you know, this is not what that word means. Uh, you know, or he can even use the word. He used the word, uh, you know, when he met with Jesus after the 40 days of fasting. So he knows the word. But the thing is this, when we open our mouth and say, this is what my father has done, this is what my God has done, there is nothing he can dispute. Amen. You know, so this morning we'll open the floor. If there is any praise item that you have, that God has done in your life, this is the time. Yes. Hallelujah. Well, this is Vince, and I want to praise that my father's released from the hospital after Thank surgery. Man. Thank God. And he is healing very well and Thank recovering God. in our home right now. Thank and, uh, I many, many praise and thank you for your prayers and uh, many hallelujahs. Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Mm. Um, Hallelujah. I want to praise God for the last Friday night, um, you know, prayer. Um, uh, and I'm sure anyone that was on that line yes. can attest to how much of healing and, uh, you know, mm. what God was doing on Friday night. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, and and the thing is this, like, uh, we are continuing to grow in the Lord and yeah. uh, how it's like not leaving the hem of his garment is so mm-hmm. critical. Um, and so it's wonderful how the, the saints were coming together and lifting each other just to, like what the, this is about. It's about encouraging the saints. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. The mm-hmm. heart needs to be mended. Heart needs to be healed. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. 
Well, this is Randy. I just said two quick things. One, I mentioned I think that my my dad torn his meniscus um, had to go to the nursing home as a miracle we went there. But the other mm-hmm. miracle is that he has made uh, he worked with a company called New Idea um, many many years ago, and he is such a a talker and wants to reach out to people. And mm-hmm. he reconnected with two people from New Idea that he knew like 30 years ago, and they just have been having really in depth conversations. Um, so it's just been so encouraging to him. Um, so what's the odds as he goes in the nursing home? And, and one of one guy is just like two doors down from him. Oh. Wow. Oh, um, the second thing is um, never leave the office, never go outside without your phone or camera. Um, I've been in this house like 20 or 30 years, and I'm walking out, and there's a deer in my front yard, like a young one, maybe oh, welcome to the club. 30 feet away. <laughs> doesn't even know I'm there. So I'm sitting there, for, I'm standing there motionless for like 10 minutes watching this deer kind of stand up, look at me, and then, and then um, sit down and, and put his head down and start to eat some grass and then slowly move on. I, I've been here 30 years and never happened. It reminds me of that <laughs> scripture about, you know, as a deer pants for water. Yeah. Uh-huh. Living water. Yes. It was incredible. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. Amen. Amen. That's a blessing. And, yes. and, and Randy, Good morning, you everyone. Good morning. Katina here. Good morning. Good morning, Katina. <laughs> mm-hmm. Happy Independence Day, everyone. Thank you. Same yes. to you. Same to you. Um, Randy, you hear uh, Susan laughing because Susan lives out in the woods. That's right. And that's a, and that's a blessing. And she uh-huh. has herds, herds of um, <laughs> of deer in her yard, and she's hoping, please don't let them. What did you, what did hey you say one day? Don't let them do anything to your car or right, something. Run into my car. Randy, that is something. If I get them in my yard on John's Island, I have to run them out because I won't have a plant left. They'll have a feast in here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I grow a lot of flowers. and they oh, I have pot, pot plants on my porch. Because I, the uh, rabbit and the deer, they uh-huh. they always be um, eating it. <laughs> yeah, you have to keep them out. <laughs> yes, that's such a blessing. That's a blessing. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, it's Sabrina, and I just wanted to mention too and follow along with Cyril about the the prayer meeting on Friday night. And um, again, just to thank everybody. It was so powerful and so moving to have you all praying for my son, um, Jared. And I'm happy to report that he did make it to Peru safe and sound. Uh Thank Um, you, He's got got another leg of his journey um, in the next couple days that will take him to the remote village that he'll be staying in so um mm-hmm. i just want you to know that i the holy spirit touched my heart Hallelujah. Like, it, like it never has before and again i am so grateful for your faithfulness and um for taking taking everybody in the way that you you all do you're you're beautiful people and i feel very honored to to be in your presence and to know you all so thank you Amen. and praise Jesus. Jesus. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Good morning. This is Katina. Um, I would like to, um, I would like to ask for, um, uh, make a prayer request for my grandson. His name is Dominique and he is soon to be three years old next month. And Dominique has a repetitive cough that he's been dealing with, um, for now for about maybe a couple of months. And the doctors have diagnosed him with something, um, and I don't know the medical terminology for it, but it's something similar to a tick, like how people have, like, you know, um, nerve um, reflexes or responses repeatedly. Um, Well, Mm -hmm. his is coming in the form of a cough, and they Mm -hmm. can't explain, you know, nothing's wrong with him. He's negative uh, for COVID. Um, He doesn't have any respiratory problems or or anything. Um, But they seem to think that it's just a habit, a habitual habit that he's picked up probably uh, stemming from so many colds that he um, endure. And usually with his colds, he get a cough. And I think that he's just so used to coughing that they're thinking that this this, uh, habit that he's picked up is is something related to a, a, a tick. Or of some sort. And so I'm just mm-hmm. trusting God that he's going to, you yeah. know, touch him and he's going to heal him and mm-hmm. that he will, um, you know, just give him total healing for whatever mm-hmm. it is that's going on. Yeah. Even if it's something that's missed that they may not have checked for, you know, I'm just trusting mm-hmm. that God's going to lay his hands yeah. upon it. And I'd like for you yeah, guys to will. please join me in prayer in yeah. regards to um, Dominique's uh, cough. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Um, Ms. Katina will definitely pray for him, uh, Monique. But uh, most importantly, like, uh, you know, I cannot believe how God just, like, works all these things. We all need healing yeah. from time to time, you know. And today's message is about the God, the healer. Oh, so we will, uh, <laughs> you know, you yeah. know, and so we will talk yeah. about the, the God who heals today. Yeah. But, uh, you know, let uh, me pray for you and, uh, and the message this morning. Yes. Father yeah. God, we lift up Monique this morning. Yes. God, uh, the Bible says, like, uh, when two of you on earth agree on one thing, the Father yes. in heaven will do yes. it for their sake. Yes. Father, yes. even right now, Father God, we are all in agreement yes. right now as we lift up Monique. Father God, yes. even as we are praying right now, Father God, yes. you touch his throat right yes. now. Let there be yes. a healing, Father yes. God, that, uh, you know, when your mm-hmm. nail-pierced hands uh, touches, uh, you know, any part of our body, Father God, that, uh, you know, mm-hmm. it has no chance but to yeah. heal. <clears throat> Father God, even right now, as we lift him up, Father God, all that he was going through, Father God, in this last three months, Father, in the name and blood of Jesus, we, we just come against that yes. sickness and that yes, sickness Lord. be bound yes, in the name and blood of Jesus. Because the Bible says, whatever you bind on earth will be bound yes. in heaven. Whatever yes. you loosen on earth will be loosened in heaven. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we bind that sickness, Father God, that it is done. Amen. Father God, it is done in in the name of Jesus. Yes, yes. hallelujah. Yes. Father God, I pray yes. for everyone that is on this line, Father oh, God. Yes. Thank that you. As we go into this, uh, Father God, this morning, in, in worshiping you one more time by just listening to your word, 
Father God, let your word come forth with clarity. Let your Mm -hmm. word come forth with power. Let your word come forth with majesty. Mm -hmm. Father God, uh, pierce through our hearts this morning, Father God, with your word. Give us, uh, Father God, the oneness and spirit. God, give us this uh, energy to just listen, Father God, to what you are about to tell. And and just like a make it, uh, Father God, a lifestyle. God, make these words become a lifestyle for us, Father God. Father God, you are the same God who healed. Father God, the sickness. Father God, there were over 39 recorded healings that you have done in the word, Father God. But, Father, even this morning, we know you can touch, Father God, every part of our body. Father God, bring forth your healing. Hallelujah. In the mighty, 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 mighty name of Jesus, yes. we pray. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. I'm going to put it. The conference okay. has been muted. Hallelujah. Good morning, everyone. It is really nice to have everyone on this line to just like, a, you know, talk about another beautiful day that we have, the July 4th, um, uh, you know, that this whole nation is just like a celebrating. You know, and, and there is like a certain days in a year, like a Christmas, certain days in a year, like a Thanksgiving, July 4th, you know, Easter. These are days where the people are very happy. That's what, uh, you know, they say that even on the social media, like a Facebook, they put like a happy words in there. So my prayer this morning before we get into the word is that the God will just like a shower upon each and every one of us. One more time, a fresh anointing and a fresh happiness. With that said, what we have been doing this last several weeks is actually going through the the names of the Lord. Some of these names are really hard to pronounce. Actually, I'm working on the next week's name already because it's really hard to pronounce. But these names represent something in the Bible. In the days, like especially in the Old Testament, people never slapped a name into the birth certificate and they were expecting it to be norm. Like these days, people give like uh, names like, uh, you know, Justin with the last, case, last name of Case. Um, it, it was just like a very hard, like uh, when somebody wants to call his uh, full name, Justin Case, you know. So really, they don't really think through the names so much as what they did in the Old Testament. And so, uh, Old Testament days. But, you know, here, the, the, the names of the Lord is, is making us understand his characteristic of who he is. It's very hard for us to even understand God. And I'm sure we may not be even able to understand his character throughout our entire life. You know, this life is not enough. Maybe when we get to heaven and live for millions of years afterwards, probably we will try to understand his full characteristics. Right? But here, when we read in the Word, it is just like exposing some of his names, with, which just like it tells how important for us to call upon his name. Right? And uh, um, it's it's not like, uh, you know, we we have like uh, so many gods, like uh, 
some of the religions, like a Hindu religion, they have like a three million gods. It's not like that. It's just like a one god who has such a powerful attributes in him. And so we have seen so far Elohim. That's the creator God, and that comes in Genesis chapter 1. When God created earth, when God created the plants, when God created the animals, God created the things that we enjoy today, how beautiful he placed the, the sun and the moon and, and, and this ball that we are sitting on called earth. It's just like a spinning and it's not colliding with each other. He has placed a ball just like a hanging in the air. And we have over 8 billion people sitting on it, right? And so he's a creator guy. He knows exactly how the thermodynamics work. He knows how all of these mechanics, this, the medical and science fields are finding out now. He knows it even before it happens, right? And so then we went on to see Adonai the master, the creator, the ruler. When, when uh, Abraham, when we read about Abraham, we saw how Abraham was calling him as a master. We've, we've known in the church to know God as a creator, know God as a savior, but have we ever felt like we haven't really done a good job, even as a church, to say that how we have to have this control transferred into his hands and we need to wait for his hands to provide for us we just you know when i grew up in india this is in our culture it is across the nation it's changing a little bit these days but when when we live together as a whole family in our house we were 13 people right 13 kids, I'm not talking about 13 people, 13 kids. And all my uncles were living together. All my cousins were living together. In a, in a house that's not like a massive big house or anything, we had like uh, one bathroom and uh, one toilet. And every morning is like a, uh, is a carnival to just like a go do anything, right? But here's the thing. Every one of my uncles and every one of my cousins when they go to work and get their salary, they would not go spend that money. They would come and give it to my elder uncle who managed everything, right? And that's the kind of culture that I grew up in. And so we need to have that kind of a culture with our God. We need to give him the complete control. It is all his. We happen to be the stewards of his blessing. And when we realize that, that's when we talk about like writing the quit, quit, quit coin deed that we said like we need to write a, a deed and just transfer all the control to him. Right? And then we went on to see El Shaddai, all sufficient God. When Abraham was struggling with three of the bad decisions that he made, one with the you, you know, telling his wife uh, as, uh, uh, as a, uh, a sister to Abimelech. Uh, and, and then that's the second mistake is coming out of promised land into Egypt when, when there was a famine. And the third thing, what he did with the Hagar, the lady, the maid, uh, you know, to have a child. God comes and says, when did you lose this? vision that I'm an all-sufficient God. 
I control everything. I control the heavens. I control the earth. I control everything. Do you think I cannot heal that thing that was going on in your wife's stomach? Do you think I cannot form a seed in her? God was just like a saying to him, I have made a covenant with you. My covenant is so strong that I would accomplish my covenant. In that covenant, God had told Abraham that one day he will have children as many as the sand in the sea. And he was just like explaining to him. And then we went on to see Abba Father. We talked about like how the God of this universe is not a, 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 a mighty God. He's not just like a magnificent God. He's not just an all-sufficient God, but he's my daddy. He's my papa. He's my Abba. Right? And, and the thing is that in those days, like Abba is just like a very Aramaic word. But the thing is that even Jesus was like in so many times would call on his father for help. And, and we saw how he, the God of this universe is, is the source of everything that we have. He's a sustainer and he's a defender. When we know his characteristic as a dad, as a sorcerer, as a sustainer, as a defender, we don't really need to worry about what I'm going to eat and what I'm going to wear because he is the source of everything that I'm going to have. Then, last week, we saw El Roy, R-O-I. El, El is always refers to God. Jehovah, right? And there is a compound word that goes with Jehovah. They didn't want to call him Elohim because they were afraid of calling God Elohim and, and Jehovah or Yahweh. They, the people were giving like a short names to them, to the God, and that's what Elohim is shortened as L and Roi, R-O-I, refers to the God who sees when Hagar, Hagar, that was in uh, the desert all by herself, running from his and her master, she was, uh, she was stopped in the middle. The Bible says the angel of the Lord found her by the spring, right? God just finds us every single time we run away from the problem. And, and God tells Hagar, Hagar, where are you coming from? Where are you going? It's not like God didn't know where Hagar was coming from and where she was going, but God was just asking to see whether Hagar knows where she came from and where she was going. This week, this particular question was so helpful for me. I do not know about anyone Anytime I run into a problem or I'm trying to escape from a problem, God was reminding me these two questions. Where are you coming from and where are you going? We need to answer that question every single time when the problem looks bigger than what we can handle because God wants to know where is your source, who's your defender. Today morning, we're going to look at Another attribute of God. I really, really love this attribute. The next couple of weeks, 
we're going to read about or meditate on Jehovah, and then there is a compound word that goes along with Jehovah. Today, we're going to look at Jehovah Rapha. Rapha. Uh, the way it is spelled, it's so many times, like a, there's so many references that I saw, it is spelled a little differently, but it all means the same. Rapha, R-A-P-H-A, Rapha. Uh, in some places, I saw R-A-F-H-A, right? Rafa, Jehovah Rafa. What that means is that Rafa, the verb means to heal, to make whole, to properly mend by stitching, to repair. Those are the, the, the different uh, explanations for this verb, Rafa, Rafa. He is the Jehovah Rafa. God does all these things for us, you know, through his healing power. And all of the names that we are reading and meditating and just like soaking ourselves, I'm praying that one day this can apply in our prayer walk, that it will just remind us. These names does two things. One, the names are a little bit foreign to us, and we just like, you know, soak and just like listen to that name. But there are incidents that go with the name. My prayer is that God will just remind you of those incidents when those names show up. When you think about those names, God will just remind what he did when those names were called out. So this morning, with that said, let's go to Exodus chapter 15, verses 22 to 26. This is the first time the Bible refers to God as the God who heals, the God who heals. And uh, the verse 22 says, Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the desert of Shur. About three and a half million people that left Egypt, right? They came to a place where it was really rough place where both sides of their path were covered with mountains and there was a sea in the front of their path. And on their back was this seal army of the, the Egyptian seal army that was sent to, to bring these people are all in chariots and horses. Right? And God opened the, that, that whole path for the children of Israel to come through that Red Sea. They have seen a miracle happen. And after that miracle, after all that drama, after all that thing that happened behind them, right, and they were like, oh, finally, they were like, oh, we have just come out of Egypt. We have crossed the Red Sea. Let's go to the promised land, right? That's how their attitude should be. But as they're walking by for three days, they traveled in the desert without finding water. They're running into another form of challenge in their life. When they came to a place called Mara, they saw this oasis, the Mara, right? They could not drink its water because it was bitter. That's why they placed it. Uh, their place is called Mara. So 
the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What are we to drink? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water, and the water became fit to drink. In some versions it says, the water became sweet. The water became pleasant to drink. There, the Lord issued a ruling, an instruction for them and put them to the test. He said, if you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord who heals you. Praise the Lord. And, and I, I really like even the, the verses in the New King James Version. It says that, you know, uh, after he, all those things happened, after the water became sweet, after the waters were made sweet, the Lord issuing a statue or an ordinance to them, a condition to them, as they're, you know, he tested them and he is just giving them something that I don't think the children of Israel at this point understood. But let's look deeper into this one, right? So the Egyptians were making or making these, the children of Israel, to work hard and harder and uh, and God sends when 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 the children of Israel cried out to God, God sends Moses to speak to Pharaoh, and uh, Pharaoh wasn't ready, and he was making his heart hardened, and so God sent uh, twelve plagues into the land of Egypt, and finally Pharaoh lets them go, and the children of Israel have left Egypt after four hundred years of slavery, and they will miraculously come through this Red Sea. And from this point in, in that place, to reach the promised land would have, should have taken only 11 days to cross that wilderness, but it took them 40 years because of their disobedience. But that's a completely different message. We will come back to that one. But today, we're just going to talk about their three days of walk, right? They didn't find water, but it, the scientists are saying the human body can sustain itself for three days without water, right? And so they were sustaining themselves. They were drinking probably. Their camels had some water. So somehow they were sustaining in the desert. But then they run out of like a completely for three days, nothing to drink. And so as usual, they start to complain. And God miraculously turns that place that is a desert that, 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 that desert is just like all of a sudden they run into a water and they're, they're just kneeling down to drink that water and they find themselves, oh my God, it's, it's not drinkable, right? And this is where God says, you know, to them, or he shows to Moses, here's the thing, Moses, I'm, I'm, you're in the midst of a desert there is an ecological anomaly to just lay 
in the midst of their dryness and barrenness, God just shows some water. But that water is just like, a, you know, so hard to drink that people were complaining and just like telling them, you know, why are you leading us into this place to just kill us? This is just like a, uh, the, we would have just like a stayed as a slave in the in the uh, in the Egypt. But God says to them, you know, there is a test. This is a test, and that's what we're going to look at today. This is a test that God allows to happen in the lives of these people. So let's talk about first. It's it's talking about God, the healer. So we'll talk about the healing. If we walk through this nation, this right now, because of all this pandemic, right? The hospitals in America doesn't look that filled right now because we somehow just escaped the, the, the second wave of pandemic. But places like the India, they didn't have enough beds. They had to put like a three or four patients in one bed so they would just like a sit on each corner while they were giving oxygen. So that's just a pandemic situation. But leave the pandemic aside. You walk into any hospital today, right, in this nation, what we would find is like the hospitals filled with sick people. The hospitals filled with people that are, that are just like really struggling to take care of themselves. The hospitals and the doctor's offices that we go to normally is not when we are like a feeling good in our body, but because we have something going on with our body, we are experiencing some kind of like a difficulty, we show up. And, and the thing is this, there are more people that are in the, in the hospitals these days, you know, because of the, the different kinds of diseases. Sometimes we don't even have a pattern for these diseases. So the hospitals are filled. But you know what is more important? The people that are outside these hospitals need healing more than the ones that are inside these hospitals. That's the healing God is talking about. Everyone in this earth needs some kind of a healing. This morning we talked about like how Monique needed some healing. But here's the thing. If... If, if we all just like a put this, this um, plastic face that we put on ourselves, like that we are all doing well, nothing is wrong with me. And if we just like a pull down that guard and we can just like a make ourselves real before God and we go before him over the things that we have left undone to somebody or in our heart, then we will see how much we need the Jehovah Rapha in our life today than any time before. It doesn't matter what the doctors describe or a treatment plan or what the diagnosis is. You and I need an ultimate healer who needs to heal every part of our body. Did you know, you, you could say, hmm, I really don't need healing. I haven't been sick in my life. If there is anyone on this line that would say, I, I have never experienced the healing. I, even when I was just like a small, I was a really healthy person. I have not grown up. I've stayed healthy. So if there is somebody like that in this line, I have a news for you. 
Each and every one of us have been healed at least one time in our life. Okay? How is that? When you and I were born, we have not a 2020 vision, but instead we have 20 by 200 vision, which means we are literally blind and cannot see different colors. And God did not make us to be colorblind. He wants to show his creation and he wants to show everything that is around us. And so what he did is like a, he put a process in our life. By the time we get to eight months old, automatically, supernaturally, our vision gets corrected from 20 by 200 to 20 by 20. Now, by the time we are eight months old, we now can see the colors clearly. Why is that? Because God has allowed this thing to happen in your life and my life when we are born on this earth. There are certain things that need to happen. And when those things happen, then, then, then he allows, you know, this kind of a healing to come. So there is a process. There is something that God wants to do first before he physically heals us. That's why this healing that we are talking about this morning is not about just the physical healing. It is about the mental healing. It's about the emotional healing. It's about the spiritual healing. And, and the thing is this, uh, the God of this universe, uh, when we see him as Jehovah Rapha, we are looking at a God who can heal every piece of our brokenness. He can heal the broken relationship. He can heal the broken marriages. He can heal the brokenness in our family. He's still in that business of healing. He's still in the business of restoring the lives. That's why when we read about these chapters like Exodus 15, and I'm praying that these verses that we are meditating, it just like a soaks yourself in such a way that God will remind you of these verses as we go through. And, and what these people were going through at this point in time, the children of Israel, is that they still were living in that bitterness. And, and they were still bitter because their slave owners in Egypt were just like driving them crazy. They haven't fully been cleansed out of their that bitterness. And so God was, was trying to show an incident. God was trying to show this oasis, this water, so that he can actually talk to them about something that they are working on. It took them 40 years to go through that wilderness because God was working little by little by little. I do not know anything about you and what you are going through. But God is not done working with you. God is not done in restoring your life. God is not done with his healing process in every one of our lives. Even when we are angry, even when we become salty towards God, God is saying, I'm not done with you. If only God was done with us, man, 
our life was just to be in Shem. And so God has to just like pull us together. And he wants to nourish us. He wants to do an open heart surgery. He wants to do clean us inside out. When we go to the pharmacy, right? So this morning, here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at the, the Jehovah Rapha. And what are some of the things that we can do to just purely and 100% enjoy this God that heals? How do we just like learn to become part of God's healing process? Because we need to embrace him. Because when we don't embrace his healing process, it takes more time. Say, for example, if you have like a, a disease or if you have something that's bothering you, say, for example, you have like a foot ache or, or your head is aching and your body is aching, instead of taking ibuprofen, if you're just going to take like a, some kind of like a, you know, skin disease medicine, your body pain's not going to go away. It needs the proper prescription, proper medicine to clean us out. When we go to the pharmacy, right, they put this word RX, like a capital R, small X, right? That's the prescription. That's what the symbol of the recipe of what goes into, into that medicine that we are buying, right? So this morning, let's talk about some of the recipes and the principles and, and, and how God expects us to be and where he expects us to be when we are facing a situation that requires healing, right? The number one recipe that we need to have in this prescription is this. We need to ask God to soften our heart. We need to ask God to soften our heart towards the people that hurt us, soften our heart towards God, soften our hearts from being bitter. You and I cannot have bitterness in our heart and expect healing to happen. It, it hardens our heart you know, not only towards the person that did uh, something wrong to us, and even to God. And you have no idea, you and I have no idea what this bitterness can do to our body. In fact, uh, Pastor T.D. Jakes, Bishop T.D. Jakes says that bitterness, this unforgiveness that we have is almost like a medicine that we drink. Uh, 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 in, uh, sorry, sorry. He says it's like a poison that we drink and we expect our enemy to die. Bitterness, uh, you know, and this frustration we think uh, that makes us feel better actually is not a good prescription to have when we are expecting a healing to happen because bitterness is a terrible prescription. It doesn't help us it, it doesn't help the person who is just fighting with us. It enslaves us. It makes us like a dirt, like a, you know, inside. Uh, it doesn't reconcile the relationship. It doesn't solve the issue. It's not actually good for it, reconciliation. It, it makes the healing go longer. We need to ask God to give a heart of softness so it heals our wounds first. 
and then it will heal the ones that we are fighting with. God doesn't want us to stay in this bitter place. And that's a lesson that God is teaching the children of Israel. That, that bitterness, the people were sickened by bitterness, and he wants to heal them. And so he uses the water as an example to, to show them the condition of their heart. God was using Mara to show the condition of their heart. There was a study made where they, they did like a, you know, took a box, I mean, a bottle of water, and they just like, a, you know, allowed people to curse words on that water, right? And they put a microscope and watched how the water condition is after people cursed over that water. And they saw the, the amount of reaction that the water had was terrible reactions, right? And then they put like, a, you know, another bottle of water and they spoke the word of blessing over that water and they saw how the water stayed still after people spoke a blessing. There was no eruption of chemicals inside that water. And, and God was trying to do the exact same thing for the children of Israel, he was actually showing them the heart of their condition in that water, right? And he could have easily, easily taken them from the Red Sea to the Promised Land, almost like instantaneously, but he was allowing them to go through that process of like removing some of these things out of their life. And if we read the verse 27 of that chapter, uh, Exodus 15, it says, Then they came to Elam. They moved on from Mara to Elam, where there were 12 springs and 70 palm trees, and they camped there near the water. God wanted to move them away from that place, but he was taking them through Mara before they took them to the Elam. And God sends these kind of physical tests to get our spiritual attention. That's what he's doing to the children of Israel. God didn't want them to become comfortable with, our, with their bitterness. And that's the number one lesson for us today. God is saying to us, don't feel comfortable with your bitterness. That's not something that you and me, me need to have today. We need to get rid of them like a plague out of our life. The second thing God is saying to us, it's in the verse 26 of this. It says, if you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. God is saying, Pay attention to my word. Pay attention to my decrees. Pay attention to my con commandments. God is saying the healing wasn't on the word, but the healing is on your obedience to my word. That's the lesson that he is telling the children of Israel. He's saying don't pay attention to the word because the wood did not heal that water. It is your obedience to put that wood into that water 
made that water turn to be pleasant. What is God saying to you and me today? Thousands and thousands of years later, using this word, God is saying to us, there are so many things I've read, written in the word, and you need to pay attention to that word. Second Chronicles 7.14 says, if my people, I really love this word, I've quoted this word so many times, uh, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves, that's a lesson number one. When you and I expect a healing to happen in our life, we need to take the pride out of our life first. We need to take the bitterness out of our life first. We need to take the things that we think are just like so high about us has to be brought down before the God of this universe. I'm not saying that you need to become a doormat for everybody to step on. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you and I need to be a doormat for the Heavenly Father. We need to be humbling ourselves. And he's saying, if my people, he's not talking to the world, he's talking to his people who are called by his name. He's saying four things that you need to do. You need to, number one, humble yourself. And number two, pray. Number three, seek my face. Number four, turn from your wicked ways. Those are, Second Chronicles 7.14 says, these are four things that we need to do. When we humble ourselves, we pray, seek his face. We need to go find his face every day. Irrespective of where we are in this life, God is saying, I know that it hurts to even come and pray. I just like we read over on Friday night, you know, when Paul was asked to come to Antioch, Paul was refusing to come because he didn't want to face the church folks. He didn't want to face the people that were like, you know, holding on to call themselves as Christians. Paul was refusing to come. Why? Because sometimes even the people that are going to church can be so hard to deal with. And so God is saying, when you seek my face, I am here to do something so magnificent. He says, I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins, and I will heal their land. On July 4th, this day, this land of ours need healing more than any time in the history of this nation. You know, he is not talking about a physical healing. He is talking about healing the land. He is talking about healing the water. He's talking about healing this nation. He's talking about repairing the altar that this nation is praying to. And God is saying to you and me this morning, listen to my words carefully. Listen to my voice carefully. Because we serve a God who is speaking all the time. If only we stop talking and listen, we can hear 
what God is saying to us. We saw a couple of weeks ago when Elijah was with the king Ahab, they were standing in the mountaintop and they found that there was the abundance of rain that was coming, but only, but only prophet Elijah could hear, not King Ahab. Why? Because we can hear his voice when we are closer to him. We cannot be where we are and we expect to listen to God's voice. We can be in the middle of a hurricane and still have the peace of God. Why? Because we are listening and doing what he's calling us to do. That's exactly what God says in, uh, in this Exodus 25, I'm sorry, 15. He's saying, before you do anything, number one, remove the bitterness from your heart. Soften your heart. Don't be like a Pharaoh hardening your heart over things. I do not know whatever the thing that you're fighting with that God is saying, I know that pain. I know the difficulty. I know what you're going through. Let me help to soften your heart. And number two, he says, you know, after I've softened your heart, now you're ready to listen to my voice. And number three, these are all prescriptions. Number three, don't give up on the Jehovah Rapha. Let God, the healing power, go to work. Sometimes what we do is like we give these prayers before God and right after we finish the church or right after we finish the Bible study, we go pick that back again and start to work. God says, if you have asked for me to heal, let those things that you left in that altar be at that altar. Don't go to the altar and pick up what you have already left in there. Sometimes we see this is our normal tendency. We go to the doctor. We go and ask a doctor uh, about the, you know what we are going through, and the doctor says, like, you need to go through a surgery. Immediately, we wanted to figure out, uh, is this the right move? Let me ask another doctor, because we don't trust him. God is saying, you know, if you are not able to fix something and you have left it in my altar, don't come and pick it up. Let me handle this. That's what he was telling to Abraham. You will have a son. You will have a nation coming out of you, but you need to leave that to me to handle. There was a man named Mark Batterson. Batterson, not Patterson. B as in bars, Batterson. He wrote a book called The Grave Robber. The Grave Robber, right? It's a great book. If you are like a you know, reader, uh, you should look for Mark Batterson's book called The Grave Robber. In the book, he's talking about a personal story of what happened to him, right? And Mark had this, uh, this uh, disease in his life, an asthma, right? He was struggling with it. Throughout his entire life, uh, he was just like a going through inhaler after inhaler after inhaler, right? Throughout his life, he was taken to doctor's office, uh, and he was in hospital many times. But this one time, when he was in a real dangerous situation, he was in an ICU, right? 
he thought he was 14 years old. He thought he was going to die because it was really hard, right? So he had asked his pastor to come and pray, right? And so when the pastor came and prayed, it was just like a powerful night, like how we had on Friday night. It was really good, right? And he sensed something happened to him. So he thought, man, that's really good. This man of God just like a prayed so well. And so the next day morning when he woke up, he was still having asthma. He was thinking, my God, I thought I was healed last night. God, what are you doing? I thought you have done taking care of this, right? But he says, there, were, there was a wart, wart, W-A-R-T, wart in his legs. I didn't even know what it was, so I had to Google to find. If you don't know what is warts, W-A-R-T-S, right? Do a Google. You will find it. So it was a disease that was on his legs, right, that was bothering him, right? And so next day morning when he woke up, and even though he had asthma, he saw the warts completely removed. The disease was completely removed from his feet. So he asked God, what is this, God? I'm praying for my asthma to be removed, and you're removing my watch? Really, God? I'm sitting in an ICU, and I'm still struggling. You're just like, all these things were not on the book. I'm just making this up because, you know, that's exactly what he was trying to say in that book. He was actually questioning God, right? And God spoke to him, and he said, I want you to know that I'm able. This is a, this is a punchline, so I'll, I'm going to repeat this one more one more time. When his feet was healed and not his asthma, God was assuring Mark Barrison, "I want you to know that I'm able. You need to trust me with all your heart and all your mind." And that's what God is telling you and me this morning. If you have something that's going on in your life, it doesn't mean it's a physical healing. It could also mean an emotional healing. It could also mean a spiritual healing that you need. God is saying, I am able to fix what is broken. Let God prove his name to you in your life. Let God prove his power in your name, in his name to you. When I read about this in Luke chapter 4, four verses 18, this was one day, Jesus was walking into a synagogue and he was given a text to, to read. It was from Isaiah chapter 53 and Jesus was reading this and this is what Jesus was saying in that text was reading. It says, the spirit of the Lord, this is in Luke chapter 4, verses 18. It says, the spirit of the Lord is upon you, upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind and to set the liberty to those who are oppressed. The very reason that God of this universe is exposing himself as a Jehovah Rapha 
is, is not just for our physical healing, but it is for a complete, a whole healing of our body, mind, and soul. I do not know again what your circumstance is. God is saying, I'm here to heal and mend your broken heart. I'm here to stitch back what is broken. And I, I want you to know that this morning, we need to give God a chance to be a Jehovah Rapha, the God who has a name return that is compounded with the mightiness of his name. He is a God who heals. And the next one, next to prescription, so far we have seen, number one, we have seen for us to remove bitterness from our heart. Number two, we need to listen to his voice We need to quiet ourselves and listen to his voice. Number three, we need to give God a chance to prove his name in our life. Number four, we should not underestimate what Jehovah Rapha can do when it comes to physical healing. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 53 verses 5, he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that he brought us, peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. The later in 1 Peter chapter 2, 24, Peter says the same thing. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that having died to sins, we might live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. People think Jesus dying on the cross is what brought the healing. No. It brought salvation. The Roman soldiers, here's the the theory behind what I'm going to say, right? The Roman soldiers have mastered this art of cruelty, right? They know how to kill somebody and they know how to torture somebody. They had a process for all of those things. So they believed that if they strike someone with the 40 lashes, with a belt and a nail on its end, on the 40th lash, they would die. They didn't want that person to die but suffer, right? So what they did is they would stop 40 minus 1. They would take them to the near death, but they will not kill them because they want to see them suffer during this time, right? So Jesus, the day before he was crucified, he was beaten with the same kind of the treatment that Romans did. They slashed him one, they slashed him two, they slashed him three, they went on like that, ten, 15, 20, 30, 37, 38. When it came to 39, they stopped. Jesus was slashed 39 times, right? But centuries later, the medical science has come up with a list of diseases. Do you know how many diseases are there in this world today? There are about 69,823 diseases that are listed as diseases in the, in the government list of diseases. 69,823. 
this is too much for even the medical science people to categorize. So they categorized them into major sickness categories based on their characteristics. They were able to put them all, group them all together, each of these sickness. Do you know how many categories are there? 39. For every disease, every one of those 69,823 diseases that are categorized into 39 categories, for every one of those categories, his stripes made us into whole. By his stripes, we are healed. This morning, I'm here to tell you, there was a man that I had a chance to meet with. His name is Joshua in California. We had just come uh, from India, and uh, we got like a, a, a huge Indian community in California, and we, we, we were meeting with each other, and this man of God uh, was just very pious, very God-fearing, but somehow he was diagnosed with a blood cancer. And so the doctor said, not only you have a blood cancer, you are, you're going to die very soon. And so they had told him that he's going to live for just another two or three days because it was a, a stage four and, and he had no chance to live. And so the church started to pray. Church started to ask God to heal this man named Joshua in Sacramento, California. And he had two little children, and his wife did not even know what to do. His children were like a four or three, something like that. And because the, the church started to pray, just like how we started to pray this morning, they were not leaving the hem of his garment, just like what Susan did. Miss Susan did on Friday night. She was not letting go of the hem of his garment for nearly 30 minutes. She never let go of God's hem of his garment. He, she was holding on to this one request, one request that she had for a boy named Jared. She was not letting go for 30 minutes. She was speaking in tongues, and she was not able to get out of it, and she was pleading her case before God. And that's what the church did for Joshua on that day. And so because God saw the faithfulness of the people, Joshua did not die three days later, but instead he lived for nearly three and a half years afterwards. And during that time that he lived, he was able to plant nearly 35 churches in India. Immediately he knew exactly what God has done for him. He took a flight, he went back to India, and he went to the northern part of India. He just like joined hands with the, the French Missionary Prayer Band. They went to the hard parts of India, and they opened 35 churches in the northern part of India where the, the, the faith is being tested and killed, and he never bothered because he knew what he received was a healing that God allowed it to happen in his life so that he can go back 
and just let them deliver what God has spared them for. This morning, I'm here to tell you the God who heals us, not only Joshua and us, God heals so many people. We have heard so many of these testimonies all over our lifetime that God is a God of a healer in his healing power has no boundaries. And he can heal anything in our body. There is nothing that has an, a, a constraint for him to go. And here's how I would like to bring this message to a landing. God can heal you and me in many ways. There is nothing in that word that turned the water from being bitter. It was their obedience. How powerful, how powerful is this name that we should be calling on every single time our heart is hurting, every single time our mind is tortured, every single time someone in our house is struggling with a sickness, we can call upon the Jehovah Rapha. He was the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. There is one more verse that I wanted to quickly go to in Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 through 4. When he had come down from the mountain, great multitude followed him. And behold, a leper, a person with a leprosy, came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put, on a, put out his hand and touched him and saying, I am willing, be cleansed, be healed. Immediately his leprosy was cleaned. And Jesus said to him, See that you tell no one, but you go your way, show yourself to the priests, and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Here is a man with leprosy came and knelt before Jesus and said, Lord, if you're willing, can you, can you make me clean? And here is the most critical thing. God could have said, yeah, I'm willing, you know, be healed. He could have just like a let him go like that. But here's the thing. The Bible says Jesus put out his hand and touched him. Here is a lesson that God is telling us in this. In those days when the people of leprosy were there and, and they would live in a city, when people see someone with a leprosy, they have to even shout, I'm a leprosy, I have leprosy, I have leprosy. They have to keep shouting when the people come around. And not only they were moving away from them, nobody even bothered to talk to them. And nobody even touched them. And Jesus first, before healing that leprosy, he wanted to heal their emotions and he wanted to heal his heart first. He could have easily healed his leprosy, but the Bible says he put his hands out and touched him. Even this morning, that's what God wants to do to you and me. Before he starts to heal what we are going through, he will first heal us internally. He will heal our inside man first. 
before he heals outside man. Sometimes we get like a really worked up because our outside body is not healed. But God is saying to you and me today, yes, that outside body will be healed, but let me work on healing you first inside. Let me touch you. Let me show to you what you need first before I can just like heal physically. Jesus is stating, I'm willing be healed. I'm willing be cleansed. This statement emphatically declares that healing is the will of God. Jehovah Rapha is my name. I will absolutely heal your sickness that you're asking me to heal. But before I do that, let me heal your heart first. Let me heal your bitterness first. Let me heal your anger first. Let me first heal your emotion first. Let me put you back on track first so you can look at my face because the healing doesn't come from the word. The healing comes from the Lord who made that word. Right now, before we let Brother Vince come and give his summary, I'm going to ask you Forget the physical healing that you need. If there is anyone that is hurting inside, there is something that's bothering you, that your heart is heavy, that you're not able to swallow your saliva because when you think of that person, it's just like immediately the pressure shoots up. It is not worth this morning to go on with our life with that kind of of heaviness in our heart, the bitterness in our heart. So I'm going to ask you to put your right hand upon your heart. And I really want to take a moment for you to pray to your heart. There is nobody who can pray as powerfully as you can to your heart. And and there is no way that there's going to be somebody who's going to put put their heart Put their hand on your heart. Only you can. Only you know what that heaviness is. I do not know what that is. But this morning, I'm going to ask, I'm going to give like a two seconds right now for you to just like collect yourself and then start to remember the things that may have made your heart go heavy. Do not know what it is, but if your heart is heavy, remember that one. Remember what makes your heart heavy for a moment, because unless God touches and heals that heart, it's very hard to get through to that point that with our naked hands and eyes and our naked efforts. Father God, I come before your throne of grace this morning to touch our heart, Father God. As the Bible says, the kingdom's righteousness flow through our hands this morning. Let your kingdom's righteousness flow through our hearts. 
God, if there is like any tears coming out of my brothers and sisters on this line because of this heaviness that they have, Father God, today morning, we are asking you to just like go piercing through their heart right now, Father God, and just like bring out the things that are just like heavy in their hearts and bring them out, Father God, because the Bible says your yoke is easy and your burden is light. Father God, the Bible says, come, you who you are weary and tired. Father God, you are ready to give us the rest and healing this morning as we put our hands upon our heart, Father God. Let your kingdom's righteousness flow through our heart and touch the innermost part and start the healing this morning. Let your name be glorified in our life. Let your name become real in our life. Let Jehovah Rapha, just like we spoken over to our heart. The God who heals is real, just as real as he was in Exodus 15. Father, we pray this morning that you bring forth your healing, much needed healing to our hearts. Father, this morning, as we celebrate July 4th, God, we are praying for the healing of this nation, Lord. Father God, this nation is broken in so many pieces. Father God, there are so many things that separate us this morning. God, I pray this morning uh, that you will just like uh, anoint each and every one of us from head to the toe, Father God. Wherever we walk, Father God, let that land become free. Let that land become free because this is a land of the free and the hope of the brave. Father God, you bring forth that freedom into this land this morning. As we surrender, Father God, this day, let your will be done upon this earth. Father God, we read in all of these texts that in the Roman mythology, Father God, there are gods that when they walked on the streets, that land became healed. Father God, same way, every one of our feet be touched this morning. When we walk through this land, let this land be healed, Father God. When we touch somebody, let the power of the Holy God pass through our hands into the lives of the people and feel the healing. God, when we touch things in our homes, Father God, when we speak words, Father God, let there be healing coming out of our mouth. God, we surrender ourselves into your hands. You take the glory and honor. In Jesus' name, Father wins. Amen. Amen, Cyril. Thank you for the message that was delivered today from your Holy Spirit through your servant, Cyril. May these words go forth into our hearts, softening our hearts and practically apply it to every, every aspect of our lives. Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Rapha, to heal, to make whole, to repair, and to mend. May we hold strongly to those, to our God, who is Jehovah Rapha, as he showed us the message from Moses and the Israelites and how he tested them in the wilderness at, the, at Marah, the place of water of bitterness, and how he used that test to show them that they ultimately need the healing, not just the healing physically, but the healing spiritually, emotionally, mentally, that he can heal every kind of brokenness, that he's, he's, he's able to heal us, not just physically, but internally, 
and that's where we should go first. God is not done with our healing process. He wants to, he's not done with us. He wants to clean us from the inside out. And that one of the first prescriptions is we need to ask God to soften our hearts, to remove the bitterness towards the people who hurt us. People hurt us all the time, let us down, disappoint us. But he wants us to work on ourselves internally, heal us first before he can work on the situation. We don't want to drink that, that poison because it only hurts us ourselves. We don't need to feel comfortable with that bitterness. That needs to be removed. Our other prescription is, what is God saying to us? We need to pay attention to the word that is written. Listen to his voice carefully. Understand what the commandments and the statutes are. Because if we expect healing in ourselves, we have to humble ourselves first. Pray, seek his face, and turn from our wicked ways. All that's commanded. And don't give up on Jehovah's Rapha. Give him a chance to prove himself in his name. Because he is able, he is willing and able, not just to heal us physically, but to heal our body, mind, and soul. Hold on. He took 39 lashes for us. By his wounds, we are healed. Amen. And God has no boundaries. Remember, he has no boundaries. And finally, before he starts to heal us, he has to heal us internally before it can heal us physically. Amen. Sarah. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, we bow before you in humility and ask you to examine our hearts today. Show us anything that is not pleasing to you. Reveal any secret pride, any unconfessed sin, rebellion, or unforgiveness that may be hindering our relationship with you. We know that we are your beloved children, having received you into our hearts and lives and having accepted your death as penalty for our sinfulness. The price you paid covers us for all time, and our desire is to live for you. As we take the bread representing your life that was broken for us, we remember and celebrate your faithfulness to us and to all who will receive you. Thank you for your extravagant love and unmerited favor. Thank you that your death gave us life, abundant life now and eternal life forever. We receive this bread in remembrance of you. And in the same way, we take this cup representing your blood poured out from a splinted cross. You are the supreme sacrifice for all of our sin, past, present, and future. Today, we remember and celebrate the precious gift of life you gave us through the blood you spilled. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 In the Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, it says, like Paul is talking about the Last Supper and why God instituted this Last Supper. He says, that night before he was crucified, he gave thanks. He broke it 
symbolically he broke that bread into two pieces and he gave it to them and said take eat this is my body which is broken for you do this in remembrance of me as we take his broken body into ours I know there are so many times Miss Sarah has said, like, you know, when she takes this bread, she has seen God heal her body. And when we take this bread this morning, if there is a healing needed emotionally, mentally, physically, I do not know what part of your body requires that healing. As you take his body into yours, let his body cleanse and clean and make you whole. Go ahead. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This, do as often you drink it in remembrance of me. Go ahead and take it. Hallelujah. The Bible says, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Father, we come before your throne of grace one more time this morning. Yes, Lord. It's just like a give us this energy, Father God, to face this day. As we take in your bread and your drink, Father God, make us whole today one more time. We surrender ourselves as we take on this week. Father God, let your presence go before us. Just as Moses said, if your presence cannot go, Father God, we don't want to go where your presence cannot go. This week, I pray for my brothers and sisters on this line that you go before us, Father God, and make all the crookedness into straight and give us, Father God, the peace and the comfort that only you can give. The Jehovah Rapha, who heals, the God who heals, the Father God, go before us this week. In Jesus' name we pray, Father, for your glory. The conference has been unmuted. Amen. 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 Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.